Do you really want your company to stand out in the crowded digital space? Do you want to get more people to know, like, and trust you with your story? Authentic Web Video Marketing Agency can help you to collect those stories, the stories that sell, connect the stories to the situation, produce the videos that you need in each of the situations, and then use the latest techniques, including video ads, retargeting, and email to deliver those video stories. Authentic Web is the video production and marketing agency trusted by top marketers to help their story stand out in a crowded space. Visit AuthenticWeb.media to learn more. In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. Is this thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show, everyone. Uh, I've got, a, as always, awesome guests. I'm so lucky I have so many awesome guests. Our guest today uh, is one of the partners at an amazing t-shirt lifestyle brand, Living Fresh. Uh, lives in Michigan, which makes him even better. And is a fantastic marketer, entrepreneur, business friend. Uh, Tim Kroll, thanks for being on the show. Awesome. I'll tell you what, and everybody says living fresh, and they're always like, well, they go search for it. So let me spell it real quick if that's Yeah, cool. yeah we'll put it in the show notes too. Yeah, exactly. So it's L I V and fresh. Fresh. L I V and fresh. Because <laughs> everybody's yeah. like, they put the I in there, and they're like, this guy, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show. Uh, we're actually shooting today, and if you're, not, if you're listening to this, you can go check out the video. Uh, and we'll put a link to that in there. But we're shooting today at my house. He came over, brought the kids over. He's on vacation. So I was like, hey, let's, <laughs> let's put you to work. Get, get, get in trouble with my wife because I'm on vacation. No. <laughs> um, uh, so t- tell me about um, tell me what Living Fresh is. Okay. Uh, Living Fresh is a combination. It's really um, it's a story. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's funny. You know, we're talking about stories. But, but Living Fresh is a story. And what we found um, – I've got a lot of experience when it comes to T-shirts and designs. I work with three, four different companies. But on Living Fresh specifically, what we found is we want to make sure that we connect people with a fond memory, something that they remember in their either their childhood or some kind of a, a great relational memory that they have. And so what we've done is we've actually married together two different components. We take a really high-quality style, and we put on a really cool design. And that design brings out an emotion in somebody. So, for example, when you're looking at, those that live in Michigan, I mean, that's the first thing is the fact if you're from Michigan, everybody is like, hey, you're from Michigan or yeah. wherever you're from. You, you, you love your home state. And that's the first thing. Second thing is, is typically when you grew up there, you have one favorite activity that you did that you always enjoyed going out and doing. Whether you lived on a lake and you spent that time out on a boat or you were surfing, you know, there's always something hunting. Man, there's always something you can look back and say, you know what? I remember when my dad or my mom took me out there. I remember the picnics that we had on the lake or on the beach. And that's what we do is we connect those those emotions together with a product. And then that way when somebody either hands a gift off, it's like they it, it's really more of them handing a memory. Mm-hmm. You know, they're handing that memory of what they remember uh, of their childhood or that relationship that they had. And so that's what the premise is of Living Fresh. 
is to, to create those emotional experiences all over again and just have that great bond. Oh, I mean, that's exactly what we talk about so much is like that story. Yeah. Like, and and we, yeah. we relate things to a story. We don't relate story to a thing, right? Right. Right. right? So when they have that t-shirt, then it brings back the story. Yeah. And I, you know, we talk about that because I went, it was funny. I, I learned this and really didn't think about it. Um, you, you are on vacation and you're going to work and coming out with me. I actually, uh, we, my wife, keep that a secret a little bit, (laughs) but I was on vacation with my wife, Jess, first time away from our son. And someone tried to sell us a timeshare and like, you know, we know that we have to go to a meeting. I'm like, honey, can we go to this please? Cause I wanted to see their sales pitch. Oh, right. right, right. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, I know that their, their sales pitches are nailed down. Yeah. And one of the big things that they did was they're like, we had think about the, the events or the, this time in your life. That, you know, think about what you got last Christmas, right? Right. And you can't remember what you got last Christmas. Right. But if you think about what happened there and who was there yep. and the feeling of it, man. Yeah. And if you, then if you tie that to a thing, so you have now a t-shirt business and, and you, you sell other stuff too, right? What else do you guys sell? Uh, there are a few things, but really the, the primary focus is the t-shirt, the apparel. That's our core. Um, so other things that we would sell, again, it's very, very minor, but you're talking about some decals, um, it's really not even worth talking about because, I mean, like, there's so few things. But the primary thing that we do is we look for a great a piece of apparel, something that's not a cheap product that's, you know, somebody gets it, it shrinks down or whatever. So we want to make sure that it's a high-quality thing that they're going to actually enjoy wearing, uh, something that they that they would be willing or would love to be able to give to a friend, family member. Um, hats, I think. We do a couple bags, tote bags, things like that. But for the most part, 99% of our sales is T-shirts and sweatshirts. And hoodies. And, but I think it's the genius, right? Because right. so many people, when they start a t-shirt business, the secret, they think it's the secrets, the quality of the shirt or just making it cool. But you're like, you've tied the story. Well, that's the, the key. That's the key. The shirt. Now, and I want to be careful because as you're building a brand, some of that other stuff is important. It's important, but it's not the, the main selling it's point. It's not. It's absolutely It's not, not where you start. Correct. Correct. You have to have it, but it's not like, oh, look at the quality of the t-shirt. No one's going to. Very few people are going to buy the quality of the t-shirt. They expect the quality of the t-shirt, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, we never talk about the quality of the t-shirt. Like That's not even in most of our stuff. Now, it's obviously in the description, but it's not in any of the advertising. It's not in anything that we – I mean, we just don't put that out there. I mean, people just automatically expect. And the other key element in that is that it's kind of a backstory that you don't talk about. It's just, again, one of the things that mm-hmm. you expect. So when you're looking at that – in effort to build your brand, you need to make sure that you're having a good quality product in there or else everything else starts to kind of crumble around it. Mm-hmm. So it's like a silent foundation, something like a footer that you never see in a house. It's there, but it's not what you talk. It's not what the first thing that you see. It's not the first conversation piece. So the, the next piece is people think it's just the design, right? And the design's important. Uh, it's more what the design means. Again, it's that story behind it. Um, so I, I, man, I got tons and tons of stories of people that have called back and, and said, I love your stuff because of this, or I love your stuff because of that. Um, recently, uh, we just actually, a cool thing happened, uh, November, we were able to open a retail store in Traverse City. Um, so that's the, awesome. Congrats. Yeah, it was really, it was a huge opportunity that kind of just dropped in our laps and, 
you know, fourth quarter selling apparel online, the worst possible time to actually open a retail store, and we're opening a retail store. It was just an opportunity. <laughs> in, so, in Michigan. In, in Michigan, northern yeah, Michigan. Exactly, exactly <laughs> northern Michigan. Uh, uh, it's the dumbest and best decision we've ever made, right? And, you know, That's like so cool. So, but the cool thing was is as we were looking at it, um, we have a couple of things that happen in Traverse City that they do a really – Traverse City does a really, really great job of having men's night and women's night, and then they do these different kinds of festivals all through the wintertime. And so um, in effort to kind of get a little bit more of a feel for our customer, I wanted to work the store and just kind of hear about it. We had this one couple that came in. Not kidding. They've probably purchased from us anywhere between five and seven times just within the last six months. And what they did is they, we have a one design. It's a, it's called Michigan Camping, and it's an old style camper being pulled by a car. And inside of the camper, and it's just a car. It's a really simple design, but inside of that, you actually see the state of Michigan. And Michigan's actually like a person, so you you personify the state, and that's what most of the designs are: is personifying the state of Michigan. And then um, actually, we do it for all the states. But uh, they have bought that shirt and they've worn it as a matching couple to their, uh, I think it was their anniversary, it was like 50th anniversary, oh. they're wearing them to all of their camping retreats, they're wearing them, like any time that they go out together, that it's like a big celebration time, they're wearing our shirt. And it was the coolest thing, I mean, it's giving me a little bit of goosebumps yeah, me too. here. I got goosebumps <laughs> it's, too. It's the coolest thing, those are the kinds of stories that you live for. Those yeah. are the kinds of stories that you want to hear somebody come back and say. Um, we had one, um, military moms we've had. We've had uh, people that love Jeeps and, um, you know, they, they wear our Michigan Jeep shirt because Michigan's actually driving a Jeep and that's a big, big thing. So, again, we're combining home state with something that you absolutely love, a hobby, an activity, or whatever. Um, we even have people over in California that are wearing our shirts um, it's, it's just home, love Michigan, home Michigan, things like that, because they identify, they remember, they love their state, but they're living in California. So it's kind of like a piece of home that they're able to take with them. Oh, that's so cool. You know, at this point, we've been talking about your business, but I I think the critical thing is you. it's their stories, right? Yeah. And, and you keep talking about their stories and their stories and their stories, yep. and, and that's where your successes come in. Yep. And so often, you know, I just got back from an event um, speaking and it, it's all new businesses, right? And we're all told to sell a story, which I pro- I'm a promoter of, right, right. But no one's—they're t- so busy figuring out their story and how they're going to craft their story <laughs> that yeah, they forget that's it's the, it's the person who's buying from you story right. that's the important one, right? And you've—I mean, you've taken and essentially built a business around that, which is beautiful. Yeah, it, and it's so much fun because again, you, know, you can and this is part of Facebook and the marketing thing and. I mean, so many people, when they get on Facebook, the first mistake that they make is they want to tell everything about them. So they get mm-hmm. up on the soapbox and they say, look at me, look at me. I've got this awesome product or service. I've got this, I've got this, I've got that. And that's all that they talk about. When in reality, if you look at the core of why Facebook was built, it was built around relationships. It was built for the uh, facilitating of a relationship. And if you use Facebook in the way of nurturing those relationships, it can be such a powerful tool. Again, obviously, there's lots of ads and other things that kind of come in and support a lot of those things. But the core of it is the relationship. You want to be able to use Facebook to be able to build that relationship. And that's, I think, the beauty of what, what of an opportunity that we've had that has never really truly been available in our world up until this time. Yeah. It's just it's such a great thing, such a great thing. And it's so it, – it, I mean – it's called social media. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and, exactly. And but you're, like you said, so few people nurture that relationship, right? And, and you guys right. have done a great job. So let's talk about the tactics of how you guys have built the business. You, you're 
role, you know, like any entrepreneur, your role is changing, but really your chief business development officer, yeah. strategist, marketing strategist. Right, and right. we met at a marketing strategy mastermind. Um, but, you know, how have you, what are the tactics that you guys have used to grow? You're asking for all the secrets. No, I mean general. <laughs> general not, secrets. Yeah, not the ge- key elements. Not, I don't, I, no, I mean like you, it's Facebook ads, right? Yeah. Well, that's the, our main source of growth. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but when you're talking about strategy, I think it goes much deeper than that because Facebook ads come and go. Um, yeah. You know, like. Shoot, how many times in the last three years have we heard panic in the streets because Facebook changed their algorithm? You know, it's yeah. like, uh, you But know. the obstacle is the way, right? That's your opportunity to right. get better. Right, right, exactly. And so that's where I feel like a lot of people look at Facebook ads and they've got these little systems. Um, you know, you see a lot of quote unquote gurus out there say, just follow this system and you're going to make millions. And then all of a sudden it doesn't work. And they're like, oh, man, I don't know what I did wrong. Um, so I, that's why I think this, the strategy or the foundational parts are almost more important than what the Facebook is because you, you really have to look at how are you going to build that story out. And then Facebook is just a medium to be able to communicate that story or to be able to build your tribe or your group. Um, so let me actually go all the way back to sales. Like It's literally sales 101 as far as the strategy. Uh, most people talk about the no like trust. You know, they yeah. have to know you, they have to like you, they trust you. Uh, and that's true. I mean, like a lot of that stuff is absolutely correct because you got to work through that process. I, I like to kind of frame it slightly different. I think the first step is the fact that it's a commonality. They've got to feel that you have something in common. And again, it's part of the no, but you, you, there's a commonality that has to happen inside of a relationship. The second thing is obviously they got to trust you. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is they got to look at you as an expert because they're not going to be able to uh, look at you an expert as an expert until they actually are able to trust you. So yep. that's the strategy, and I'm willing to give that out because it's – it sounds easy, but it's actually a lot more difficult to oh, actually yeah. put into play. Um, and that's, again, it's it's kind of this, the reworking or my personal reworking of the no like trust. It's you build commonality, which is yeah. we talked about the stories. Well, story, story. Yeah. You have to have a connection. Right. And that's why, like, the commonality is I share a story about somebody that loves camping. I share a story about somebody that loves to go on the Jeeps. Or I share a story about, they, hey, I remember going fishing with my dad, so I'm going to wear this Michigan fishing shirt mm-hmm. because I remember those times. And so that's the story. That's the commonality. As you build that commonality, it's bigger and bigger. Now all of a sudden they're trusting us with their, what I would call their secrets. Um, They're trusting us with their stories of, hey, I remember when. And when you start getting that sharing, now you've got the the beginnings of the relationship. And in any relationship, there's a give and a take. Mm -hmm. And so you've got that beginning and they're starting to trust you to share more of that. They say, hey, look at what I got. Look what I got for Christmas. And we've had people share an entire family their Christmas shot is all our stuff. Oh, that's awesome. It, it is so cool. So we had one just recently, um, with mom and dad, then they had two older daughters, and then they just had a, had a recent um, baby. So all every one of them, all five of them had our product on, even the baby. It was so oh, cool. that's so cool. Yeah, and so that's the thing, and they're willing to share that back with us, and that's kind of like they're instilling more trust in us, and they're looking at us and saying, okay, I now believe you're an expert, and I believe that you're going to be able to take my memories and you're going to hold them, and that's really Again, the core or the strategy of what we're really looking to be able to create within Living Fresh. Lots of pains, lots of struggles, but that is the core. Yeah. And then Facebook just becomes the medium through which we communicate that. Yep. yep. No? And that's why I tell people all the time, you have to develop that strategy, right, yep. of, of what your value proposition is, yep. how you're going to tell your, the stories that you're going to do, and what's their story, right? That, their story, yep. What's their story of what they need, yep. what they want, what are their excuses, and yep. then you figure out what's the best avenue. And that's what you did. Yeah. And, and, and that's just 
success, you know, and that's the success in internet marketing these days. So many people start with a tactic, like you were saying, and then try and figure out what oh, they're, yeah. oh, they're going to sell. And I see that so much. And I'm going to say this. Maybe you have to edit it or whatever, but I'm going to say this. I hear so many people talking about the hustle. Yeah. And I hear so many people talking about what's the next big thing. And so few of them are willing to put the time and the effort in that actually needs to lead up to that. And what I mean by that is they're all – it, it reminds me of the used car sales guys. Like a lot of the people that are coming on to the online scene, it's like, okay, I'm going to sell a million dollars this month. Well, what are you going to do next month? What are you yeah. going to do next year? What are you going to do – like I really don't care that you sold a million dollars this month. Maybe you spent like a banshee or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You're spending now $900,000 and you made maybe $100,000. Well, that's but it's, it. It's so often. And yeah. then they, they're like, well, I didn't really make any money. Let me go sell my technique of selling a million dollars, which is yeah. – and that, that part drives me nuts. Yeah. Well, you guys hear the helicopter in the background? That's not coming for Tim. That's not his wife coming <laughs> for him. <laughs> it's a black helicopter. What's going on? Um, so, and I think that's, in a, a, you said a few critical things there. Um, you know, starting a story, but also, the, that's where the actual term building a brand comes in, Correct. right? Absolutely. You know, and, and so many people think of branding, and that's why I hate the word. Think of the branding as the colors, logo, whatever. Yeah. And that, I mean, you've probably gone through a few logo revisions and a few color revisions a few yeah. times. And that really means almost nothing. It's what's the story that you're going to tell to your customers, and how are you going to connect with their story, and now how are we going to do it? Right, right. And I believe this with all my heart. And you have to start with your mission. And I hate that word. But you have to. What's well, misused, right? <laughs> You're right. It, but there's You're a reason right. it's used so much because it worked, and then it starts being misused. Correct. Like branding. Correct. Correct. And that mission is your purpose. I mean, that's the, the two things I feel like it's almost the mission defines what it is you're all about. What is that? Um, you know, Tony Grubmeyer, he says every, why do you get up in the morning? You know, and that's the really kind of a core question. So when you're looking at your business, why in tarnation are you doing this business? And that's your mission, you know, and then the core values that go right underneath of that. And why is that so important is because now when you actually start telling your story, you're only going to tell the things that agree with you. You're only yep. going to tell, you're only going to talk about the things that actually agree with what that base foundation is. You know, and again, like you said, so many times it gets misused, but if you don't have that, you, you got really no no direction. You've got no no way to be able to know where you're going to go. And, and you very easily get blown off course. Well, especially these days because there's yeah. so many options and then you get yeah. shiny balls and you're like, well, more leads are going to help me or this is going to help yeah. me. And you don't look inside. Yeah. Well, and then you listen to everybody else and say, hey, you know what I did is I actually went out and I built my business on Amazon. You should too. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to go do that. And they start building that on Amazon. And I think even um, – uh, I, I mean, like I hear these stories all the time from from different people. But uh, like Tanner Larson, he talks about the. I think in his book, he, he he's talking about the fact of trying to push one car and then you quit and you go push another car and then you go put it, push another car. You know, like if you would just stick with the first car, you actually be a whole lot further along because somebody else came along and started pushing that car. So that's so true. And yeah, Tanner's book. Uh, we'll, we'll plug it. E-commerce. Yeah, well. there we go. <laughs> you get a plug for Tanner. <laughs> uh, I mean, but Tanner's. I mean, he's a fantastic one. Yeah, and, and and he's dead on. Yep. Um, so, how do you guys? Well, and then as you go deep with like Facebook ads, right? Right. Now you have to. We talked about it. What okay. works right now, month ago, where it doesn't work two months ago, yeah. <laughs> and it's constantly changing. So, using someone's system instead of using a strategy yeah. and a mission, it's it's not going to work, right? I mean, nothing for me is more frustrating than Facebook. Nothing is more gratifying than Facebook. I'm like. It's a love-hate relationship with Facebook. <laughs> I love to hate it. <laughs> um, 
It she, works. And some days it works like there's there's nothing else. Like we'll get uh, like a six to one return on the investment. Sometimes a seven to one. Sometimes eight to one. Then the next week you're down to a two to one return. You're like, what? I didn't change anything. You know, and that that love hate relationship happens. Um, and so it's very easy to get frustrated with it. It's very easy to look at it and say, you know, throw your hands up and say, I'm not ever going to use this again. Um, so I, I guess I got a, a distinct philosophy or maybe other people have this. I don't know. But when I look at Facebook, I know that there's no better way to be able to get the story out there than Facebook. Because, again, it's all about relationships, and that's what Facebook was built around. So I look at Facebook in two areas, and I think these two things are symbiotic, and they, they work together. The first one is the organic reach and the organic story that you're telling. And I believe that's very, very important. Uh, in fact, Gabby talks about this, how she grew a page uh, from, I forgot the exact number, so I'm going to really totally blow it. Sorry, Gabby, if you listen. But uh, it's something around 1,000 to like 60,000 or I can't remember. It was massive, massive growth, strictly on organic type reach. And she was able to build out that company. It was really awesome to actually watch. But So that's one piece of the puzzle is building out organic traffic. The second piece of that puzzle is the actual Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, I talk with a lot of small businesses, especially if it's a mom-and-pop or a service relationship type of a business or even a, a retail brick-and-mortar store, they are scared to death about Facebook because it's like, oh, i got to spend money to actually get my customers. Well, do you guys spend money to get your customers if you're going to buy a mailer? You're going to spend money if you, I mean, yeah. you or and you're losing money if you don't have customers, yeah, right? Like, you have overhead. Yeah, I, I, the, the the thought process just blows my mind well, because we've everyone's talked organic, organic, yeah. organic, and, yeah. and like yeah. and there was a time where you could get it for free. Oh, there was, and that was five years ago. Yeah, <laughs> if not more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like, so we were looking at. I mean, there was glory days of kinds of things. It was a wild, wild west, and you could get tons and tons of stuff. But that's not the way it is. So you have to adapt. You have to pivot. And so when I'm looking at Facebook, there's two, like I said, two specific things is the organic reach and being able to build and have a great relationship with your customers and then the actual sales part of it. And you actually pushed out the ads and you talk about things. And again, there's all kinds of ways to structure that. Everybody's got tips and tricks and systems and whatever, but it's the core is a fact that I want to make sure that I'm telling that story. That's the core. And what commonality can I establish between my customers and those that are interested and what our brand is all about? And that uh, comes to knowing your customers and knowing their yeah, stories. Oh, the, yeah. And the you, avatar that you talk about all the time? Yeah, absolutely. Know in and out and then knowing their stories like you talked about. You just rattled off three, four customer stories. Yep. What's, what's amazing to me is I ask people, like, can you tell me a story of success? And they don't. They can't tell one right away. And like yep. that, that's that should that's biz, that's sales one on one, right? You, I mean, you've had other businesses. Don't right. you need those stories to sell your other businesses well, too? I, it's funny. Like I remember back way back, this was like one of my first uh, businesses that I built out was for a corporate company. And the main thing that we did is we would tell it was with contractors. So we would tell stories about contractors. Okay, so this contractor started using our product. It was a gutter filtration product. Our gutters, our guy, and he was able to increase his business, and he was actually able to make an extra $10,000 a month. Do you want that for your life? Oh, yeah, I want that. Now, that was how we sold it. Yeah. It was that story of somebody else's story. I'm not sitting here telling my story. I'm sitting here telling their story of how they were successful, and that translates right into this thing. I'm telling you a story about a camper and a Michigan. You're not even from Michigan, and you're getting goosebumps. You're yeah, like, yeah. what? Yeah, you know, well, so it's like, yeah exactly. That's yeah. awesome. Um, and it's so funny, though, because when it comes to tactics, you're fantastic at it, obviously. But you're always coming back to the story, and I find that with great marketers because they, they're like, yeah, I use this tactic because they know it's going to shift, so they don't, right. they don't 
tie themselves onto it. Really, the people that are ready for the shift because they have a base strategy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you're talking about tactics, and I, I would use the word diversity uh, because you never want to be able to sit on one tactic and say, I'm going to use this forever because, quite frankently, it may go away. It's going to. Yeah. Because other marketers, if it works, other marketers are going to come in and yep. kill it. Yep. You're 100% correct. You know, and I, I, I would go back to if you look at the evolution of how Google grew yep. and how that was created, I mean, like, man, there's all kinds of tactics. People swear by this. If you do this on your page, you're going to be on the top. And if you do this, you're going to be out the top. And people were making great money, and all of a sudden it went away. Yep. So if they relied 100% on that and they didn't have a base story, they can't shift because that's all that they are is that tactic. That's it. That's so true. And I saw, you know, having an SEO background, I never did the, the tactics because I'm like, this is Google's guideline. You have a billion dollar, you know, now one of the biggest, if not the biggest company in the right. world. Yeah. And you're, you think that if they tell you not to do something <laughs> and that's threatening their multi-billion dollar business, they're not going to figure out a way to, to stop, stop you. you. Oh, stop you. Goodness, right. <laughs> right. I, I, I liken it. It's funny because you, you're playing in their sandbox. Yeah. They're going to make the rules. You know, like you're not going to go in uh, any playground or whatever and start doing your own thing and then, then somebody's going to come and stop you. You know, it's yeah. just, it, you're playing by their rules. And I always knew it was a matter of time. I'm like, yeah. you, you have to play by their rules because yeah. if you don't, you're going to get caught. Yeah. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Well, it goes back to that hustle. Yeah. You know, the people are looking for the next big thing, the next quick buck, and they're not building their brand. And if you if that's that's you, then... Sorry, stop listening. <laughs> yeah, that's not what it's about. Yeah, you know, you're, you're going to be hustling for the rest of your life. Yep, and it's it's so not worth it. You're going to sacrifice relationships, sacrifice yourself, and it's just not worth it. Yeah, and and there is, I mean, hustle in that term, right? Right. That's it, hustle working hard. That's you, yeah. You still do it. Correct. Correct. You still work hard, and that's I think more of a character and an integrity thing. Um, that type of hustle. Yeah, I, I guess we should maybe actually stop and define what that is because I've just seen just with our American language, sometimes I feel so inept because it doesn't actually fully flush out the definition of the words Yeah. because we, we say things and what, what I mean is something completely different than what somebody else means. And everybody like takes up arms and they all go to battle over this thing. It's like, well, no, 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 we're saying the same thing, just using different words on this thing. And that's the same thing I think that's happening here with yeah. the hustle. Is all, what I'm saying is if you're not building your brand and you're not putting in and thinking about how long-term you're going to be with it, then that's a negative hustle uh, versus if you're actually just working hard and then you're hustling to be able to get it. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk, who's been on the show, and, you know, we talked about that. You know, he has the one hustle where he makes a little bit of money, but also he's hustling to build these big brands. Yeah. He's working hard instead yeah. of going, hey, how can I make the next quick buck? Right, right. The tactic feeds the strategy, right. not, not, right. not well, creating a strategy to feed you know, the Dave tactic. Dave Ramsey, another guy who talks about money and stuff, I mean, he talks like you want to live today like no one else so you can live tomorrow like no one else. You know, yep. And what he's saying is, is you've got to work hard. And, you know, you've got to make some sacrifices at times. Um, just be careful; those sacrifices don't cost you your future. That's really what it boils down to. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it's a tough balance. It is. Yeah. It's and absolutely. We, we, a we tough talk balance. about it all the time. Yeah. Um, so l- let's talk about when marketing hasn't worked for you. I, I know uh, it's happened at least once, right? Well, see, the problem is you got to focus everything on positives. You don't think about negatives. So yeah. I have to sit here and actually think about the negatives to actually remember them. I know. People, um, I was being interviewed yesterday, and someone asked me, like, well, what's the hard part about your job? And I'm like, <laughs> well, there's a lot of hard parts. I just 
like it happens, you push them out right yeah. right away. You're like, or you turn it, you know, you turn it, you pivot, and you say, okay, well, that didn't work, so let's actually focus on something else, and you you, you forget about it, and that's, or make it into an opportunity, it, or that too, absolutely, absolutely. So, so things like, that haven't worked, with them. like where you were trying to do a big launch, or you're trying to do a big ad campaign, Twitter, 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 uh, man. Twitter would be one of the biggest things that I am extremely disappointed with. Um, and I don't think that was anything of our fault. I think it's the fact that Twitter just decided to... Like, what happened? Can you tell me so, okay, so what we were looking at doing is, um, with Twitter, um, they were actually creating their ads. Mm-hmm. And um, so maybe just to find this. When I look at Facebook, things happen as close to real time as they can. Yep. On Twitter, it's like instant. Like, people know what's going to happen on Twitter before... I mean, at the time that it's happening. Yeah. You know, and like I've heard different stories about people like the response teams. When tragedy happens, they'll know first off of Twitter. Yeah. Before they will on anything else. If you hear it on Facebook, it's already done and over with. Uh, so that's the, the real time in that is, is incredibly powerful. No, no other platform has that. However, we started trying to look at ads and be able to actually try to push things out with Twitter and be able to use those kinds of things and respond very quickly. Their ad platform just junk it's just yeah. really really bad um it, may, it was incredibly complex and now they've they virtually just eliminated all of ads on twitter uh, yeah i've noticed so that it's no, like I... you don't you don't have any of that stuff available it's just it's uh, frankly i feel like twitter missed the boat uh, really yeah. what it boils down to so we we worked a couple months on attempting to be able to create some twitter campaigns and doing some different ads um we had one that kind of took off but it just never converted. Like we, we wouldn't see any conversions off of it. And then on top of all of that, we're trying to deal with uh, Twitter seems to be really spammy still. And so yeah. we were getting people spamming on top of us. Um, if you have a larger account, it, it just, it was so clunky that it just, it didn't allow for a smooth transition. So I would say out of everything, things that didn't work, Twitter was one of the things that did not work for us at so, all. So what, what were your expectations going into it? Um, uh, with anything, when I'm looking at marketing, my first expectation is, okay, what's it going to cost me to be able to actually acquire a following? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I can break even to be able to build that following for the first couple of months, awesome. Yeah. Because what I know is I can actually take that following, and now when it starts to hit like Christmas, uh, you know, like your fourth quarter, and in mm-hmm. any business you're going to see ups and downs, fourth quarter is obviously a big seller when you're looking at a product. Yeah. Uh, you know, Christmas, whatever. Um, so we were looking at, okay, how do we actually acquire our fan base and how do we actually get some serious followers? And if I can break even on it, then that I'm much, much better off. Um, and so we were looking at at least being able to attempt to break even. I know there's a lot of philosophy out there. Some people say, well, I, I can willing to lose money. It's fine. Just for us personally, I wanted to break even. We weren't even able to break even. Like we would spend money on being able to do some ads. I wasn't even able to break even. And I talked with some experts, some guys that are really, really big into the, the data, the what they call big data, talked with them. And we just weren't ever able to come to um, a situation that was making it profitable for us. Um, so it just didn't work. At what point did you say, hey, this isn't Three work? Months. Three months. Yep. We had a very specific set of budgets in it. Um, I was looking at the ROI, the return on that. And for us, it was specifically three months. I think that's great too. That brings up another point that you that how you did it because a lot of people when they go into tactics, they're like, "I'm just going to try this," and they'll stop too soon oh. before making it, or they'll hold on to it for too long. Yeah. And yeah. and what I, I you know when I was a trader, you know the old, to be a successful trader, you had to know exactly where your your entry point is, your stop loss, and your win. Yeah. Yeah. Like where, yeah, where you stopped trying to scale that that yep. trade. 
and, and how to ride it. Um, and I think marketing is the same way. And that's great. How did you determine that 90 day period? Was it just, um, well, it wasn't necessarily the 90 days. That was really critical. It was like, okay, how long do we need to leave it just so that we can kind of see what traffic you're getting and what then testing those traffics. Um, I wasn't necessarily looking at a specific time frame because, quite frankly, if I would have been able to see a break-even, we would have gone longer. Even at a break-even, I would have taken it longer. What I was looking at is, okay, how much money are we spending on this versus what kind of return we're getting on that? And, again, it just the, – the type of traffic that we're getting was, was really junky traffic. The – it just didn't work because of the uh, uh, the return that we were looking the ROI specifically. It, it wasn't wasn't even keeping even with our expectations and our expectations again. Like I said, was just to break even. Just break even. Yeah, yeah. and that's great because at, at and the we were, and let me we were getting followers. Like we were building the followers. We we had followers and we were, we we had a couple thousand followers too. I mean, we were actually building it up and it was actually working that part of it, but not one of those was converted. We yeah. could not get them off of Twitter onto a product to be able to actually buy the product. So very, very specific on, I, I don't care about following. I don't care about likes. I don't care about all of that stuff. I care about conversions. Yep. That, that was the key. So saying all of that, I still think Twitter is a great option for building brands if you want to be able to become like a Coca-Cola or something that's massively huge because people are constantly looking for that kind of stuff. But for us in our position, Twitter's not where I feel like we should be. Or if you're pumping out news or something like that, right? Yeah, news, that's another great one too. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Because people are looking for that kind of stuff. And I just felt like with us, because we have a product and we're very specific, and again, we're in northern Michigan, so there's a lot of people that don't have cell signals. So yeah. they're not real up on the Twitter thing, so we just don't have that big of an audience. And I think that could have been another hindrance that maybe somebody else that was maybe in California or New York, they may have been able to jump in that and have a completely different experience than what we did. But again, putting all those things in, that's why we, we stopped. It, and, and that's about knowing your audience and knowing their culture. And we were yeah. talking before we start recording about knowing your culture, the, the, yeah, your marketing too. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about like, well, if you go overseas, a lot of people try and market the exact same way. <laughs> right, right. And they might change the words, but and they might change like the imagery, but they don't change the theme, right? Right, right. And they don't change the metaphors, analogies, whatever. Yeah. Um, but you were saying, I mean, you've been marketing, you've tested out some other states and stuff too, right? And you're doing some other states. Talk, tell me a little bit about the challenges there. It is insane, the diversity and culture that we have in the United States. Absolutely insane. Um, and here's what I mean. I'll just paint a real quick picture. Not only do we have the north and the south, we have mm-hmm. the east and the west. On top of that, we have the east and the west, and then we've got this middle section. I guess they, this last political thing, they actually named it and said it's the flyover states. <laughs> yeah. So we have this flyover states, this Midwest section. Now, on layer on top of all of that, you have 50 states, and every state has their own what they love and what's really cool about them. In fact, we just drew, drove through West Virginia. And their theme is wild and free. Like, wait a minute. Can you imagine that going over in one of the Midwest states? And they're saying, hey, I'm wild and free. You know, yeah. no, I mean, we're Utah. We're conservative. You know, we're not, we're not wild and free. That's West Virginia. You know? So you have that. Then on top of that, now we've got where people live. So we have cities. Then we've got the suburbs surrounding the cities. And then you've got middle country. And then you've got outer country. And then you've got these guys that are like homesteaders. Like, they don't even want to be connected to the grid. So we've got all of these layers of culture inside of each other. So it, it's it, it, to me, it, it, it blows my mind when you say 
that you're going to create a campaign, you're going to create something, and you're going to make it ex- say the exact same thing across the entire United States. Because I guarantee you people are not always going to respond. Now, there are exceptions. You know, People are going to have certain things. But just think of the word that we use for, I don't know what we use down here in Florida, but what do you call pop or soda pop? Yeah, like soda. Okay, so down here is soda. You look at, and Facebook is great for doing these memes, like how many different words do we use just for soda? Yeah. Something as simple as that. Some people call it pop. Some yeah. people call it Coke. Yeah. Some people call it soda pop. Some, I remember when I was in Pennsylvania and we moved from Philadelphia over to Pittsburgh. And uh, we called it soda over in Philadelphia. And I went out and I was in a restaurant. Now I'm a teenager and I said, I'd like a soda. And they looked at me like, what? 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 It's like, oh, we call it pop here. <laughs> I know. I'm still in the same state. You know, and That's I'm just crazy. going from one side to the other. Yeah. You know, it's six hours. It's like, it's not that far. So when you're talking about the culture and, and the way that you're doing marketing, all of these things have to layer in it. Um, and we've got a very specific strategy, and I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to share, but it, it's really what I look at is we look at Michigan, and it is very, very Midwest. It, for the most part, okay. other than Detroit and uh, Grand Rapids, it's a very red state. Yeah. You know, they love their guns. They love the hunting. They love the fishing. If I take that exact same thing and I push it out into, well, just New York City, people look at us like, you guys are freaking nuts. Yeah. I, mean, I can't believe that you actually love guns. You know, because in New York, they don't they don't think the same way. They don't. They just don't think the same way. And, I, I mean, I don't want to get into a political of whether you're blue or red or whatever, but what I see on Facebook right now is the exact same thing. I mean, like you're seeing such a difference of people's opinions on what they think and what they don't think. And then they're taking up arms and they're fighting with each other because of their opinions. And it's like, guys, we're still Americans. I mean, yeah. And yeah, I don't even want to get into that because it's frustrating me because I'm like, we wouldn't say that to each other's faces. No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't talk. Like if you're a friend sitting here, I don't know where yeah, the people stands, but I'm like, we wouldn't sit here and well, yell at each other. We I mean, would talk about it, right? Yeah. Well, and, and, let's go back to the core of what we talked about the first part of this podcast, commonality. What yeah. do we have in common? Yeah. You know, build that trust, and then let's look at that. Yeah. Let's build that commonality. And people forget so much in changing people's minds, right? And if you want to change people's minds, you start with the commonality. Yeah, you, you start- do. You do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to start with... Do I believe in gun control or not a gun control? Yeah. I'm not going to talk about that stuff because that's not that's that's divisive. I mean, like that's actually pushing people away. I want to talk about what do you love about your state? Well, exactly. You know, Texas they're going to love guns. New York they're going to not love guns. <laughs> well, in the end, everyone wants to be happy, right? Yeah. And you start there and then yeah. move up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey. There was something else we were talking about on the phone, all specifically on Facebook ads, and I, I found this again because the politics actually elevated a lot of stuff. And, and you asked me to share this again. Yeah. We've always known, I should say, some of us have always known that there's certain states that sell better with Facebook ads than other states. Um, we've always known Texas is a big one. Florida has been a big one. Uh, New York has been a big one. California, huge. If you're going to target ads, you know that those states are going to be really, really large. So what what I found was interesting, especially when we were watching the election, is all of these what they were calling swing states or the states that had the most power because they had so many more electoral votes, which were based on population. And uh, California went – shoot, I didn't watch very much because I wasn't paying attention to that part of it. But I think California went blue, right? Yeah. And, uh, Texas went red, and that's always happened because that's the way they, those states are. So that kind of balances each other out. And then all of a sudden, you got Florida, you got New York, you've got Ohio, you've got some of these states right in there. And the swing on those is because of population. And so I was looking at it like, 
ah, no wonder why when I put an ad in there is because they've got a higher population. So, of course, I want to target some of those those states because of the higher population yeah. rather than targeting Oklahoma or Nevada or you know, some of these other states that don't have near the highest population. So it's a key thing, and that's maybe just a little nugget out there. Well, it, I, I, and when you target those states, then understand those states. Yes, absolutely. And, and, yep. and understand them as individuals. And I think that's – when I when I was doing SEO nationally, and that's what's our, our core. I mean, we still do it, but I you know we're limited um, on our clients. So we're not like going into new markets all the time. But I found out really early that search terms varied from oh, state yeah. to state. Yeah. Like for the same thing, for attorneys or for doctors or for dentists. It goes back to the Coke illustration. Yeah. I mean, like if you always call it soda, you're not going to go do a search for pop. Yep. No. Nope. Which is not. Nope. And, and understanding that culture is critical. I think yeah. that's awesome. And I did, you know, it's one of those things I know too. And I'm like, oh man, are we spending the time? I don't even look at now. Yeah. Are we well, really? And I, the reason why I like politics in this part because it's a great illustration. It, it's a great way to be able to say how we are very diverse, and I wish we could find more commonality. But when we look at that, especially even in looking at Michigan, what I found interesting is that I would say the vast majority of Michigan went red, mm-hmm. but yet there were still pockets of massively blue. You know, and so when you're looking at that, you're thinking, okay, those people in the city are going to think differently than the people that are out. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about our Facebook ads and the culture and the differences that are there, man, take that into account, not just in, from the political standpoint, but in the way that they're living their lives. And that was the other thing. I just feel like I'm rambling here. Maybe no, it's I'm awesome. Wrong, but, no, but, I, I'm, I love this. But, and I'm but sure the other thing that, that I find is, like, I've traveled to New York, and we've done some humanitarian things, and I don't want to get into that. But the, the, the amazing thing to me is how many people who live in New York have never left New York City. They've never traveled more than five oh, or yeah. six blocks. Most of them, yeah. And I, I, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm there's I, no world outside New York City. I if you know. Live in New York, yeah. You know, so their whole entire thinking and their their reality is five or six blocks. Yep. And not just, and I, I don't want to pick just on New York because I go back into West Virginia in the hills. Their reality is five or six mountains. Yep. You know, like it's that this is our homestead. This is where we're at. You know, so like it goes both ways. And are we thinking about that when we're actually marketing to And how much more effective could we be if we actually put ourselves in their shoes to be able to tell their story? It's, it, it, oh, I mean, that's why I tell people all the time. I'm like, yep. you have to understand their situation yep. and be able to put yourself there, right? Yep. Because we think, uh, we think someone's looking at Facebook. Like, okay, well, tell me where are they looking at Facebook? It's, someone might be saying on a tablet in their couch, yep. or someone might say in their car, well, a stoplight. Someone might say in the mountains. Someone might say in New York City. Yep. We don't even think of that. Like, what's going on around yep. them? What's distracting them? Because that affects how you see stuff. Oh, it does, 100%. Oh, man. It, it's like it's, you put those glasses on, and, um, you know, I heard an illustration by a guy one time, and he, was, he, he chose to actually go into Chicago and uh, look at the things. And he, here's what he said. He said, we've got two sets of glasses that we look at. When we're at home, we put on the good set. And so what we do is we're at home and we see all the good stuff. We don't see anything that's broken. We look at that and we say, everything's perfect. Then we walk into a, sit- into a city. For him specifically, he went into the city. And he took off his good glasses and he put on his broken glasses. And the reason why they were broken is because he saw all of a sudden all of the broken stuff that was around him. He couldn't see the good stuff. All he could see was the broken stuff. 
And so what his illustration said, he said, like, look, we've got to smash both pairs of glasses, make them into bifocals, and actually wear them, where they're good glasses and broken glasses, and, and see that there are things that are in our own home that are broken. And also see that in the cities or where we're going, there's also some really good stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and when you look at it from that perspective and realize that, hey, we're all broken and we all have issues and we're not perfect, and when we walk into another area, they actually have some really good stuff. Some some wonderful people that are out there. Let's focus on that stuff rather yeah. than all the broken crap. And we need that on. diversity, right? We need, yeah, we absolutely need it. You need but, it because that's how you survive. But you have to train yourself to be able to think that way and think outside of your own box. That's the key. Well, that's awesome. Well, Tim, we you know we ran out of time. I'm gonna have to have you on the show again. <laughs> this is awesome. I knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> uh, it was awesome, but livingfresh.com will yep. be clicked in the show notes you can go buy a t-shirt we have you can see he's, even though he has a t-shirt company he's wearing our t-shirt <laughs> version get that done. Out there. yeah i had yeah. to do that just for but just, just so you know day. you have to be a good friend to get that shirt you can't buy that shirt <laughs> it's a special <laughs> special client, i mean you could buy that shirt but it's going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> <laughs> yeah and just to be clear too i mean we do focus a lot on michigan but we've got uh, stuff for Florida. We've got stuff for Texas. We we will be expanding out. So I think right now we've got seven states. Um, Wisconsin is another big one because it's very similar to our demographic. And so Indiana. Um, we've got actually our products available in some Bontons and some uh, Yonkers. Uh, a lot of some of the change of franchises are actually now yeah, bringing our all, products. That was all gibberish to me. I don't know any of those places. Uh, Once well, again, it's culture. You, uh, well, <laughs> your wife will know. <laughs> your wife's going to know. Yonkers and Bonton. You know, we got stuff there. So. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for being on the show. Thank you all for watching and, uh, man, pay attention to this stuff because the guy's obviously built a few businesses and it is awesome. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Garlic Market Show. It's been Ian Garlic and Tim Kroll with a C. Uh. <laughs> yeah, C-R-O-L-L yeah. You can follow me on Facebook but Yeah, follow Tim on, on Facebook <laughs> Smart, smart guy Thanks a lot That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques Make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook 